hey Sarah. Hey, what? I want to watch a heavy hitter romantic comedy. Ooh. Peter once asked me when I fell in love with Jack, and I told him it was while you were sleeping. <laughs> well, hello there. Uh, hello. I'm here with Sarah and Justin, <laughs> and also and... it's that time of year we brought back our good friend Laura, Laura! for her annual Christmas episode. And Woo-hoo. this year we are doing a heavy hitter. We are. We're doing while you were sleeping, 1995. I'm gonna start with honesty because that's how I was raised. Oh, I thought. That this was a completely different movie when you said you wanted to do while you were sleeping. What do you think it was? The one that I thought it was. Sleepless in Seattle? No, 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 no. I thought. Take away your rom com card for that. No, I thought that it was the Mel Gibson film Forever Young. What the hell? I swear to God. Why did you think it was that movie? Because it was while you were sleeping. (laughs) That's not a rom com. And that's why when you guys said you wanted to do it, and you were like, it's a heavy hitter. I'm like, I am missing something here, but okay. No. So for like the week or two leading up to me watching this, I had already kind of like toyed with my head because I'd seen Forever Young. I I want to be Forever young, forever young. Do you really want to live forever and ever and while you were sleeping? <laughs> so I've been That's thinking, why. So That's why you thought it. Like the past, that must have been it. So Jay Z confuses everyone. For the past week or two, I've just been thinking of questions relating to being frozen. <laughs> Mel Gibson. <laughs> oh no! I've actually I haven't seen that movie. So it's, he Ugh. gets put in like a cryo chamber essentially and gets frozen for like fifty years. And so comes I, back. So I may actually work in some questions yeah. related to this. And about, then he, like, he comes out anti-Semitic. It's really weird. Oh yeah. yeah. So oh, that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens. Okay. They don't tell you that. So that is the <laughs> Ted movie. Turner is screwed. Nice. That's the movie I thought we were watching. <laughs> that was not what this movie was about. No. When did you realize? Immediately. I mean, <laughs> you like turned you it turned it on and you. Uh, no, when I so the moment I saw Sandra Bullock. <laughs> The <laughs> moment like, I saw is she in well, that? No, and Bill Pullman because I remembered yeah. it was either Mel Gibson or um um God who's the guy the uh, Field of Dreams uh, Kevin Costner I thought it was either Kevin Costner or him I knew it wasn't Bill Pullman mm. so when I saw him that's when I knew things were awry mm. but there was a part of me that was oh sitting gosh. there like when is the cryo chamber going to come into play? <laughs> Probably about, I was sure I was wrong about five minutes in. Well, you know, he falls on the tracks and then they put him in the cryo chamber. So, yeah. But my point in telling you guys this is that I probably will pepper in a couple of these questions that I thought of because I don't know when else I'm going to get to what use them. What would you do if you were in a cryo chamber? Actually, the one that I was going to ask Would was, you want to come back in 50 years or 100? That's the exact question I was going to ask. How long would you, would wow. you want to go with the forever young be frozen for 50 years mm. or would you want to go with the Futurama and you're frozen yeah. like a thousand years? Which do you think? Mm. I'm postulating. I think I think I would Either do, way, the dog is going to be sad. That's the saddest Futurama oh, of it's all terrible. time. Have the you, dog. Oh, Laura, have you seen that one? No. Uh, oh, 
He leaves his dog behind when he's frozen. And he's like, that dog never would have waited for me anyway. And then it flashes back and the dog sat there the whole time and then died. It's like the saddest Futurama episode ever. It's known to be. But it's really well done is the thing. Like it truly, but you can watch it like once if you've ever had a dog. Yeah. I would though, I think I decided. yeah. (laughs) I would want to be frozen a thousand years because like in Forever Young, not the movie we're talking about. He's he ages like fifty this years. Is not where I was <laughs> expecting the beginning of this episode to go. <laughs> so either way, I think I wouldn't want to like wake up and all of a sudden like all you guys are like in your eighties yeah, and I'm like that you know suck. pretty strapping still mm, yeah. still but, like I wouldn't want that. I really just want to know like no one I know is alive, but they had great lives and like maybe I wasn't in it. But let's just start over. It'd be like a reset button. Except so- a thousand years from now. We may not be around That's my anymore. <laughs> I want the sure thing. I'm pretty yeah. sure we'll be here 50, 50 years from now. I'm not sure mess. about a thousand. So you guys are, oh, would that be, now there's the real question. You're both parents. You age 50 years and you're seeing your kids in their 60s and wouldn't, like, what would you do with that? Mm. Ooh, a lot of silence here. That would be <laughs> wild. I mean, we didn't watch this movie, so I wasn't prepared yeah, to answer this question. No one knows what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, so, so I probably I guess I'd you. go with a thousand for the same reason that you said. That's a very good point that I you make. probably ask more Forever Young related questions as we go throughout this, but <laughs> oh, let's get actually into this movie. Okay. Sarah, do you want to give a, a quick recap of what this movie is actually about? Yes. Not Cryo Chambers? Yes. Not cryo chambers. Sandra Bullock is a transit authority agent who sells tickets in Chicago. And she has made up a life with this passenger, Peter Gallagher, who is handsome and she wants to marry him. It's love at first sight. She kind of has this whole internal thing going on. Her mom died when she was young. She was raised by her dad. She sees Christmas Day that Peter Gallagher gets shoved onto the tracks and she jumps down, tries to to revive him. A train is coming. She rolls him out of the way at the last second and saved his life. But he's in a coma. She goes to the hospital with him only to have this huge mix-up in which his family thinks that she is his fiance because she said under her breath, I was going to marry him. And the nurse overhears her and introduces her to everyone as his fiance. The only person who knows the truth is his godfather, who's a good family friend, who advises her to keep the charade going. Um, his dad owns a estate furniture company, reselling furniture, and the younger brother Jack is played by uh, Bill Pullman. She starts spending more time with him. All kinds of ridiculous situations occur in which it seems to confirm that she really is Peter Gallagher's fiance, even though she's not. It's Christmas time. She goes over to their house for Christmas. There's that weird week between Christmas and New Year's. Spends more time with Jack. Peter Gallagher wakes up, doesn't know who she is. They think he's amnesic. Um, then he decides he wants to marry her anyway. She goes along with it and they like start to get married at the chapel walking down the aisle. Then she objects and she says, I'm in love with your son. It's the other son. Then she runs out of the place just as his actual fiance is coming in, who's already married and she's yelling too. Um, She goes back to her life as a ticket agent. She's sitting there depressed 
and a ring comes through the little slot and it's Bill Pullman and the entire rest of the family standing there asking her to marry him and it ends with the two of them getting married. The end. That was concise. Thank you. It's a very good one and it didn't at all involve a cryo chamber. No. <laughs> no, not a cryo chamber. Now, you did mention a different quote that you almost did for the opening. Yes. What was that one? When they're at the family party, it's the it's the it's the godfather, right? Saul. No, it's one of the ladies that says it. Oh, it's the lady. It's like one of the aunts, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. She says he offers her alcohol and she says, I don't drink anymore. I don't drink any less either. And then <laughs> it drinks the drink. I put in my notes I plan on using that like tonight. Oh, definitely. <laughs> what mean, are you doing tonight? I'm going to the first holiday party that I've ever gone to for like a company holiday party for in your, my life. Because you work there. Because I actually, because I've worked for like myself pretty much, you know, my adult life and I help at a hardware store like three hours a week. And that means I get to go to the hardware store holiday party. <laughs> holiday party. And I'm going to act it's the holiday a season. Fool. <laughs> the holiday season. So, do you have a, a velvet jacket? Uh, I do. I do. But here's the thing. My like arms have got, it, it, I bought it in college. I think we've talked about this. His arms are too big. My arms got too big for it and it's like skin tight, <laughs> but I may try and put it on. I may see. So. Oh boy. So I love that quote though. It's great. Apparently she said it 50 years ago on an episode of Bewitched. That's wow. where it came from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That does have kind of a Bewitched like snappiness yeah. to it. Yeah. It's really good. Man, this one is hard to pick a starting point it's just so sweet the whole way through i don't i had a heart i i kind of thought i would be sitting here listening to you guys talk this time <laughs> well okay it's the holiday season the whoop de doo and you guys are just Dickery talking about christmas trees like right before we started and then she is pulling up that christmas tree to her apartment and like gets it through <laughs> yeah. the window well no but i was in number one that's hilarious i thought mm. that was very very funny and it introduced us to like the landlord's cousin or son or whatever the really italian guy is yes I joe jr love mm. joe jr in this thing mm. he was just that little extra like goofy it's either him or me him him I read that oh, Joe Jr. was supposed to be on the set for a week and they kept him on for three. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> he was entertaining. Because he was yeah. just a good character. There was a reoccurring movie. gag in it that just grabbed me so hard where it was like the women's shoes thing. Oh, yeah. In the closet Come on in. You it. can go tie my shoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so good. When she's, so good. when she's pulling up the tree, it just got me thinking. I was talking to my mom the other day and they usually go like cut down a Christmas tree with my sister's kids and all that oh, wow. but they couldn't this year for some weird reason but they went to a Christmas tree like where you just buy them in a lot and granted this is in like DC area mm -hmm. do you want to guess what the most expensive tree on the lot was in DC in like Loudoun County general area not like in DC probably like 45 minutes outside but I don't like, know, like 250 your guess Laura I'm not in the live tree market. Just pull, you just pull a figure My out somewhere. My tree was eighty-four dollars. Okay. Um, now, mind you, my mother I'll, I'll said go three. Okay, my mom said this was the perfect tree. Okay. Mind How you, big was it? Yeah. How big I, was it? I mean, again, all she told me was a it was the perfect tree. So I'm assuming large. It better and be perfectly shaped. Yeah. Ready for this? Yeah. Three hundred and seventy dollars. Wow. For a tree that is already dying. It's cut. It's not yeah. one you're putting in the ground. No. And yeah, she said it was wow. the perfect tree. Now they it did not buy be that. It better be fifteen feet tall. It 
it was. I'll but put it, it this way: I think that there was a a moment of consideration. But don't worry, my sister got a cheaper tree and then a second cheaper tree because she needs two trees. I don't even want that one. <laughs> it's so time consuming in sheds. Absolutely. But I can't bring myself to buy a, a fake tree. Like, why buy a second one? I, buy a little fake tree. Sarah, I wish I, and when we were children, it was the same thing. Oh, my, my sister, I wanted to have a tree that had like, you know, ornaments on it, like the ones we made. Like yeah. the, I mean, that's just, I was a kid. I was like, this is what's supposed to be. My yeah. sister wanted one that was all white, like white lights, white oh, ribbons, God, white this. So shit. instead of uh, actually just telling my sister to suck it up or whatever, my parents did a couple of years get a second tree. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. We don't talk. It's <laughs> but either way, that part when she brought up that Christmas tree it just got me thinking like, God damn, I think she said it cost her yeah. like 45 bucks or something. Like 45 bucks for a Christmas for tree. For a second one? No, no. I think in this movie she says she paid $45 oh, yeah, yeah. for the Christmas tree. Yeah. Like that's just cuckoo bananas to me. Oh, well, that's <laughs> a good price in Chicago. How much did you or buy that tree for? 84 That See, that's high, but I don't think that's 370 Hers no. was smaller. Hers is much smaller. It's like a little bush. Yeah. She, I think what you were going to say about like what we talk about in this movie, I feel like this movie pulls it off because she's so likable. So likable. And her voiceovers work and you just kind of get carried along by what she's doing. It's like, yep. Okay. I'm with you. You know, like everything she does, you just kind of are like, yeah. This is everything that should be cheesy, but it works. doesn't end up being cheesy. Yeah. Even the end where he she gets proposed to after two weeks of knowing this man. I know. I hate movies where <laughs> the main character gets proposed to after yeah. a short but amount of time. They don't spend any time on the reality of it, which is great. Like trying to justify the reality of it because that's purposeless. And she's so likable. And then I think like this part was actually written for Demi Moore. But she had a conflict. I don't think Not I would have movie. Yeah. liked it. And then Julia Roberts also, mm-hmm. which, just... who may have been able to pull that off. But Sandra Bullock, there's something about her. There's like a goofiness to yeah. her. You know, like and, not... she, and she had this underlying sadness that she played really well, too, mm-hmm. because of you know her dad dying the year before and, and kind of growing up with nothing. And then you've got Bill Pullman, who... That man can like do no wrong. He's also really, really likable. Yes. And not in likable in a non-threatening way. Yes. He's not like a sexual powerhouse. He's not an asshole. Did you just say sexual powerhouse? Yes. It's true though. <laughs> yeah. Steve asked me if he's hot. I'm like, no, but I still but I love, love him. him. Yes. 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 And like, I guess Matthew McConaughey got turned down for the role because they didn't like his Texas accent. He would have oh, brought I thought that a is, whole I had Dylan McDermott. Him too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Would have got a, a Texas whole different accent energy. Too. Yeah. And then Russell Crowe, they wouldn't even consider for it. And mm. it's like, those guys, like, if Gerard Butler were a little bit older, probably would have been thrown his hat in the ring. James Spader was yeah, apparently which is in the waiting bizarre. room. No. It's not <laughs> right. Bill Pullman is perfect. He's perfect yes. for this role, and he's perfect as the president when the aliens attack. That's it. Those <laughs> yeah. are, that's where he belongs. That's his wheelhouse. Now, how would you and describe... he's perfect as Gina Davis's husband in A League of Their Own. Oh, yes. Oh, I forgot he was in Coming that. home from the war, broken, but still, oh. still there for his woman. I mean, you're like, 
Ugh. You're like, Gina, leave your husband for Tom Hanks. And then you see it's Bill Pullman and you're like, Don't oh, do I see. He's amazing. Yeah, we're good. Yes. Now, how would you describe Bill Pullman's particular style of charm, though, in so many words? You said not a sexual powerhouse. Would you call it like a Midwestern fox? Like no, no, okay, no foxiness. No, no he's, foxiness. He's affable and kind. He has the kindest eyes, <laughs> and even things that kind of go off the rails when he's like, she's like, no, you cannot see my underwear. I, no, you can't see my black underwear. No, I don't want to go out with you. And then she opens the door, and it's Jack instead of Joe. It's it's Bill Pullman instead of her weird neighbor, and she's like, oh, and he's like, well, I don't want to go out with you right now but i would like to see that underwear but in given the circumstances i don't think it's a good idea and he pulls that off in a way that's not predatory it's like so you just yeah. Bill Pullman is non-predatory yeah. non-sexual yes. powerhouse the only other person who can get close <laughs> to him in terms of that that place is um aiden from sex in the city is, um, oh, I get tr- John Corbett. John Corbett. Yeah. Who, mm-hmm. incidentally, is in the highest grossing rom-com of all time, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. He plays that same kind of thing. Yes. And it works. Now, when Bill Pullman, I don't know if it's every time when he comes on screen in this movie, but many times when he comes on screen, I noticed, and it's it's almost backing up what you're saying, like this kind of not innocent but like non-intimidating thing there's almost this like there's this randy newman piano mm-hmm. kind of jaunty playing when he comes on screen i don't know that it's every time he plays but it broken was more than once so well he plays broken he plays the widowed dad in casper oh, yeah. Yeah. he plays the widowed guy in independence day the president He's in he's in the center, which is a really creepy show oh and, yes and he's all weird so and broken, broken. And in so this, weird. he's like feeling all this pressure because he doesn't want to be his dad's business anymore. And he's trying to go out on his own. And then he falls in love with his older, successful brother's fiance. And he's just, he plays that so well. Yeah. He's also in Spaceballs. He is. Oh. That's true. <laughs> so the man knows comedy. Oh, he does. He's worked with Mel Brooks. But he's a straight man. He's not the comedy, you uh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Jr. is the comedy. He's the straight man. And oh my God, when they are slipping on the ice together, when he's trying to walk her to her door. Oh, did your heart just say? I was laughing my butt off because it just, they somehow pulled that off. Like shit like that usually doesn't work. Even Emma, Emma, Brian and I watched it together and she was like, I didn't think I would like this, but I really like it. But it goes back to exactly (laughs) what you were just saying, what both of you guys were saying earlier, and we've landed on with a lot of these movies. It boils down to like believable chemistry. Yeah. Which was like both of these people. They look like, well, and it's not even looks. It's it's beyond looks. It feels right. It feels right. Yeah. Like Mm. they, they, they really do. Like you could just see them in real life and be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That works. If you told me they fell in love on set, I'd go, absolutely they did. And they deserve yeah. that kind of happiness. But I guess <laughs> she got cast because she said she could do it in terms of timing wise. And she said, I also just got broken up with after a four year relationship. So I'm in that place right now, oh. which I feel like comes through. Well, yeah. She, kind she of sad, that, sacky. She did that speech at, it, or, at, at his bedside when he was... Um, in the coma mm-hmm. and the grand or the uncle or godfather walked up Saul. and kind of saw her from a distance, but mm-hmm. she was giving that speech saying like how she's not in a great place and like how depressed you have to be to be doing what she's doing. Yeah. Type of thing. It's like, 
She totally justifies herself. That, well, and that was a moment I was like, okay, I'm here for it. I get this. Like, I'm not in that spot where that resonated with me in time, but it, it did ring true. Like, it was such a good, like, pure moment. You're right. You could tell that this poor woman is hurting. Yeah. She's lonely and alone. And Which makes the go. rest of it possible because Absolutely. why would you ever go along with all of the Absolutely. things she went along with if you didn't want to try Number on? Number one has nothing you know, to she lose. She wants to try on a family. <laughs> exactly. Number two, she... <laughs> try on a she, family. She, and she does. <laughs> and it's great. Yeah. She just feels all that warmth and she has so much love to give. And she gets to go over to their house. And How they're long? also welcoming and excited because it sounds like... Peter has kept them out for so long. Yes. Oh, it like Which also makes out. it work. To like, have, of course, they wouldn't know about her yeah. because Like, he's... they're not a very, a very, like, I get the idea that he is very sophisticated and fancy and has photos of himself all over his own <laughs> fancy-ass apartment. And they're just a f- Midwestern Catholic family who he seems to have distanced himself from. I don't think there's a falling out. They just did not. Yeah, I think he just... Yeah. Is like, I'm doing my own thing. If there was a falling out, I guess it would have been he went to law school, didn't right. go in the family business. And he but was I, the it didn't sound like he always had all the friends and saved the squirrels who he hit out of the tree first. Yes. Oh, so good. And That's a his... real life story, apparently. Oh, is it? There are two real life stories that came into the script. Oh that gosh. was one of them. The other one is the losing a testicle from a pencil in a pocket during Wait, a basketball what? game. That really happened? Because the truth is stranger than fiction. Who did that happen to? The writer's friend. Oh, my wow. God. Yes. Oh, my what? God. What? I, I, I really can't even imagine the logistics of that. So when it, I, guess when I first heard it, I was like, why did they... Why? Okay. Why was that the story? Well, can you it also, just legitimizes but, her. Well, also yeah. after it happened, wouldn't you just be like, "Why did you have a pencil?" <laughs> That's why? what he said. He's like, "It's I, it's common." That's what he said in the elevator. He's like, "It's just common to carry a pencil around." I wasn't even thinking about it. <laughs> like, don't fucking carry a pencil when you're playing basketball. You're guarding somebody. Yeah, yeah. I would be furious. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so the other oh, story yeah. though. Who who hit the squirrels out of the tree? Um, that one I don't. I I was so focused on the other one. I don't remember. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and look. But apparently that one was also a true story. Okay. And I don't, actually don't know if the hitting the squirrels out of the tree was true. The rescuing the squirrels the rescuing. piece was true. Okay. So Makes they might have put the hit the squirrels out of the tree in there just to show how much of a He's a bag he was. A putz. You're a putz. Oh, that. Well, you know, the, the, the Godfather makes the exact point you did about that this movie works because Sandra Bullock pulls us in. Mm-hmm. He's calling him a putz and saying, if you could just see what we all see, like yeah. how she won us over in like, how long does this movie take place over? A week. A week? Like, it's like well, it's weeks. like 10 days like, total. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Over a week. Yeah. Like and that she won them over. Like she is just fantastic in this. Yeah. How long do you think? Okay. Let Let's just remove that you're married. Remove you have kids. Let's just go to pretend land right now. You get thrown into a similar situation. What are you doing with it? Are you immediately like checking out and being like, guys, absolutely not. This is not what happened. Are you playing along for a little bit? And if you're gonna play along, <laughs> how long do you think you play along for? Myself. I would hold out for about 24 hours, I think. I would go and I would see what's going on. And then once 24 hours has elapsed, I'd say, hey, guys, I just, I want to let you know, this was great. I wanted to be there. Would you go over to their house? Absolutely, I would. Oh, God. Then you'd be in a real weird situation. You know, if you want to live life, you got to get out there and live it. 
<laughs> I think it would be. I think it would be an entertaining thing. And, and, but I mean, and then maybe twenty four hours, forty eight hours, then I'd I'd come clean. But say, hey, you know, I kind of got thrown in an awkward situation. I didn't want to rock the boat. You guys are going through a difficult situation. I thought maybe I could be supportive of somebody, and you all seem so sweet. And then they probably never talk to me again. But man, that would be a fun story. What about? I mean. The looks each of you are giving me tells yeah. me you probably would immediately tell them that this was a mistake and walk away. Yeah. It depends on a lot because it, the the whole reason that, like I said, the whole reason she does it is because of where she's coming from. I mean, so if, if yeah. it's me and I have that same backstory, maybe. I don't know. No, this is what I would do. But, if I were really in love with him and had that backstory, I would use it to catapult myself into meeting him in a real way not pretending i'm his fiance to his family like i would use that as like a jumping off point of meeting place like what like i met you because i saved your life yes no i'm not his fiance but then he can't like he knows who i am now you know and then maybe he wants to go coffee see i'm a coward so if i actually did have any of them like even if it's a completely made up in my head emotional connection with a woman then i would absolutely ripcord immediately mm-hmm. no i would not i'm talking about a scenario where i just save a person and they're like i guess you guys are together and like i guess we are for now I'm, like, no, if i actually thought the woman was good looking or whatever no then i'd be a chicken and be like well no you're far too pretty for me to even pretend see you later i gotta go so she has to be ugly for you to not do ugly that. i just couldn't be i couldn't feel a connection is what i'm saying <laughs> I think the question I'm surprised that you haven't asked before Mm. this question is, can you fall in love with someone at first sight? Do you think she was really in love with him? No. And have you ever made up a story in your mind like that about somebody that you've never met but would really, really like to be? This is the Justin question I thought you were going to ask. Oh, man. Dude, I go to the gym. I can't tell you how <laughs> many women I've. I don't mean this in like a creepy. You've got a million made up stories in your mind about ladies at the gym. Just literally like oh a, what? The, no, just everyone at the gym, but like has a life story, a background story I've made up. But that there are, you know, women there specifically. I'm like, wow, I would like to talk to you. We'll never approach them because that's the creepiest thing in the world. To be like, hi, I saw you at the gym working out. I think I like you're cute. your pants. Yeah, like I'm not doing that. <laughs> Um, absolutely, I've had background stories. Oh my god! And like in college, this when is you the just man be who writes sitting... obituaries or um, right. eulogies. Uh, yeah, that's right. No, I have a vivid imagination. <laughs> well, in and I guess what really is weird for me is the few times I've made up a story. Like in college, you'd you'd see people around campus and you'd daydream, and at least I do. Again, like that's I write true. eulogies, but you'd again you'd make up a story. You saw this person here and there and there, and you try and connect the dots or whatever. And then you'd actually meet them, and and all of a sudden you have to reconcile this this different this tension. Mm, there. I like to do that. I like really? to eliminate it. Yeah. In oh. a very strange way, it reminds me of the quote like "Never meet your heroes." Yeah. Oh, for okay. sure. But when you've idealized yeah. someone in your mind for yeah. that long, and I mean, clearly she thinks that he is the perfect the person for her. Mm-hmm. And throughout the movie, you find out more and more about him, and you're like, he's not really that great. Here's what I want to know. Where exactly is her ticket counter? Because it seems like <laughs> he lives pretty far downtown. Like, doesn't he live in the city? So where is he taking a train? Maybe to work? I would think so, but where she is looks tree-lined and wooded. Hmm. And it's like, that looks more like an outlying train station, which why would he be going to there if he lives downtown? I don't know Chicago super well, so... 
I do, and I can't figure it out. <laughs> I do not know. Huh. I mean, that's all part of it, you know, like, I would assume he's going to work every day. But if he makes that much fucking money, first of all, he may taxi it. And second of all, true. where is he going from like the Gold Coast down to the Loop or something? <laughs> that's a that great ticket question. counter looks like it's out, like, not in that central area. I actually have a real life of ex- example of something very similar and oh, not in the sense that like I saved someone's life and they're in a, and they went in a coma and I <laughs> pretended like I was married yeah. to them. Tell us, Sandra. No. When I was in college, <laughs> mm-hmm. when we lived in the garden apartment sophomore mm-hmm. year, I used to pass this guy every single day. We must have had like, uh, we had a class schedule clearly where I was walking home. Uh-huh. He was walking to class. Mm-hmm. We'd pass each other every day. I did not know him, but we always said hi to each other. And I, I thought he yeah. was so cute. Like, so yeah. I had idealized this version of him where I was like, he must be just so the coolest guy. Yeah. He's so cute. I hope I get to, and I did get to meet him and I made out with him. Nice. And, and nothing ever went anywhere with uh, it, but you know, it's kind of great. <laughs> Who was it? It was strange. That's what I thought. It was strange. I was like, I swear, it was Patrick Strange. It was Patrick Strange. Yes. I wonder if he still lives in beloved Minnesota. Yes. I was actually the queen of doing this, act- for, for real. Just in, making out with people j- that you no, 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 like idealizing people that I never met. So I did this also to somebody when I was a freshman. There was a, a guy in my English class who sat in the back. He always read the paper before class. Oh, and I yeah. was like, this guy, this he's got to be the best, right? He's got to be so smart. He reads the news. I I wanted to be a journalist. So I was like, already, this is great for me. Like, yeah. I love that he reads the news every day in the back of class. Then I met him and he was not the brightest tool in the shed. <laughs> he was actually the very opposite of every thought, everything I thought I he I was. I remember him. I called him paper boy. So I would tell people about him. I told him, I would tell people like, yeah. oh, paper boy in my class. He's so cute. I have a crush on him. Yeah. And I he met him and I was like, no. Yeah. Have you ever gone so far down a hole of making up a story for someone that you forget that it's a story? I specifically, there was someone at the gym, there was a girl, a girl at the gym and just like, I decided at one point she was training to go into the military. I don't remember why, but like, it just, I guess it was the exercises she was doing or what, but I mean, I'm talking over months and months and like the intensity of her training. She's getting ready. I I don't know where I made that up, but then I noticed like after a month or two of this, I like had to step back and I'm like, wait, you've never once spoken to this person. Like I I kind of got wrapped up in the narrative and forgot that I had made it all up and I'd never spoken to this person. They never spoke to me. We never waved. I just, again, I made up a narrative from a distance and forgot I made it up because I was starting to get in my head. I'm like, well, if she was going to go to the military, she would have gone into the military by now. Why is she still, why isn't she going after her dream? Like, no, Justin, you've made this you've up made for this, this woman. Whole thing yeah, up. this is not. <laughs> see, I tend to like want to see what's going to happen. Whereas I think it's probably better to not meet your heroes slash crushes. Because mm-hmm. like, the one guy you walked... Paperboy, no. Well, him, Paper he was boy. dumb, yeah. But the guy you walked by every day ended up being pretentious and silly. But still a funny, lovely guy, but still silly. And like, Not right for me. Yeah, like anybody I would meet, I would then want to like 
let's find out what he's about. Let's do this. And then there like was you a- would have stopped him and been like, hey, always. Yeah. Or like, hey, do you want to go out sometime? Or, hey, do you want to like and sometimes I would probably force things when they didn't need to be or never were intended. And other times I'd like go out on a date with the guy or something and be like, well, you're an idiot. And it's like, why would I, why did I need to do that? He was just fine on his own. You know, and then he accuses me of being a lesbian when I don't want to make out with him. <laughs> like that. Classic. That's so fun. Like, could have just been Waldo at a Halloween party. It can't party. be that I'm not, that, that I'm not attractive and I'm an asshole. It must be that you're it can't a lesbian. be that I drank six beers and shoved my tongue down your throat. No, no, no. Why don't She's you like me? Right. You must be a lesbian. I'm giving you all the signals. You could have stayed Waldo at a Halloween party and I never would have had to know what an idiot you are. I did have one friend. He walked into a study abroad meeting that we were having and just came in with like so much heat. I mean, just just hit the ground running and uh, came in with a jacket with his name on the back embroidered on it. But it was it was like a uh, a mariachi jacket. No, it was like um like not not, not like that's what I want to think. Not like not like vinyl, but where it's like, like the, a leather like a poly, like a polyester type maybe like a thing. Like a bowling jacket. No, more like a. Like a track jacket from the 70s. Oh, okay. It was like a vintage jacket, but it has a name on the mm. back. And like, I again, like he was like clearly a partier. And, and you could just tell in funnier and all get out. And again, I sat across the room from him for like two or three things. And I just, again, I created He will this, be my friend. I, I remember vividly when he walked in with that jacket going, I'm going to be friends with that guy. <laughs> and, and, and so I created this narrative and then eventually we got on a, like a project team together. And lo and behold, I nailed that thing and I was a groomsman in Elliot's wedding. That was oh, Elliot? It was my friend Elliot. Yeah. All right. And I would be a groomsman in his wedding and like that was the that, one that time. so funny to me that he came in hot because Elliot is like not someone not I would guy. think of. College like, Elliot, like college Elliot, came in like with a couple beers in him every once in a while, and again came with a jacket, with like a track oh jacket Lord. with his name across the back on the shoulders. Growing and, up, okay. Elliot fell asleep at a restaurant and then ate a twenty-eight ounce steak. No, that, <laughs> oh, sorry, I was thinking of somebody else because I don't know that guy. Oh, okay. No, that friend Elliot, and he's told a slightly different way. He fell asleep at a fancy restaurant and then ate a hundred and. $50, ounce steak. <laughs> the yeah, chef came down afterwards to and introduce make... himself. <laughs> I was like, did you really just eat that? A meat? It was a meal for two. It was meant to be a steak for two. Get out. And so they brought out, they brought out the, the huge fucking, was it tomahawk? The sides. Uh, yeah, it was a bone in tomahawk. And then wow. the, that's his favorite. And then the sides and the bowl of potatoes was about, I'm making a size of about a basketball. It was a big plate of potatoes. Was it an oval? I, uh, no, I think it was a round. It was a round basketball shaped plate, and then a same size thing of um, green bean, like fried green beans. Mm. And he ate, he ate all the steak, and he ate most of the sides. So the chef came I down, him. thanked him, and then bought him dessert because he was so amazed. Which brings me back to the whole idea of going out around Christmas time because we okay. did that around Christmas. That's always what we did, mm-hmm. and. Apparently, this movie was not intended to be a Christmas movie, but they thought they could sell it better at Christmas. But I think it's perfect. I never thought it. I, she brought up the Christmas tree. I never even thought of it as a Christmas movie. But, and there's New Year's Eve. Yeah. Yes, there actually is. When You're he right. accuses her of oh, being they pregnant. Go to, they go to a New 
I forgot yeah. about that whole part. Mm-hmm. I just watched this. And she's like, well, night. Christmas is ruined, and now you've destroyed New Year's Eve. Would you like to come for Easter? Burn down my house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so great. And I feel like there's that weird fucking week between Christmas and New Year's that no one ever knows what to do with. Yes. And that's the perfect week to... Fall in love. Well, yeah, like to manage to wheedle your way into a new family and convince them you're all engaged to their son, you know? I mean, yeah. it's not a heavy schedule yeah. that week. Yeah. Filling out. Apparently, the director is actually was a little bit bitter about the fact that it never caught on as a Christmas movie because yeah. Christmas movies get played every, every year. year. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. Lining his but they pockets. all felt like it was I don't think a he Christmas needs movie. to worry so much. His right. name is John Turtletob, which if my dad were here, he would say Royal Turtletob. <laughs> and definitely. And definitely. And, and, and I would love it. Um, because <laughs> one time <laughs> Laura came with me to one of my dad's squash tournaments and um she saw one of the professors at ud also plays squash and she said oh i saw dr Titlebaum," and my dad said royal Titlebaum," and then you cracked up and the whole rest of my family rolled our eyes and groaned and my dad was and we've instantly been best like, ever since. she's amazing and he's <laughs> never forgotten laura because she laughed at his joke and it was so awesome like to watch him be like yes i like her. i like you you're funny and good and um you get it so like anytime anything is remotely like title bomb or t- turtle tab that's the joke he makes just to see what will happen so the minute that i saw that i was like royal turtle tab <laughs> yeah dude this turtle tab guy oh my gosh cool runnings mm-hmm. banger. phenomenon banger zoe's extraordinary banger. playlist i've heard it's good rush hour national treasure one, one two, two three three is in production i believe oh is it yeah At, randomly i came down the other day and brian and emma were watching the first national treasure and they they did it again the next weekend they're like on a national treasure kick but three ninjas is also one of his yeah i mean he's clearly oh and did you see that he directed a couple of episodes of oh shoot he did two episodes. I know what it was. He did two episodes of Zoe's Infinite Playlist, which Peter Gallagher. Said. Oh, you did? I'm so sorry. I missed that. Playlist. I missed that. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Which Peter Gallagher is in. Mm. So connect some. Peter Gallagher from Palm Springs, who is right. the bride's dad, who That's I'll never right. forget when he we keep doing Peter Gallagher. Andy Sandberger in that, like. Andy Sandberger? Is he related Sandberg to. Sandberg R in that scene where they're pretending, like, he's pretending he's like, I did it with your dad? <laughs> like, really? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. What are we doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Looking at him. <laughs> so uh, when, when the. His ex fiance, I guess it was Ashley. When, when she like when she runs Bacon. in, oh, she just never said yes. She never said it was when she she's runs in. Said. It kind of caught me that if you pull the pieces of this movie out, the plot's a soap opera that they just made into a movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, the guy watching them. When okay, you're, you're gonna need to be a lot more specific because opening with the guy watching them can go a lot of directions, and I don't remember anyone watching them. Oh my gosh, the guy watching them <laughs> is the guy. They okay. Oh my gosh, so I'm not, I'm not editing this for <laughs> Why not? Um, 
Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Oh my gosh. The guy watching them. Oh my gosh. When Peter Gallagher is in, he's woken up and he's in a room that he's sharing with another guy, like a recovery room. Oh, I yeah. like that guy. And his fiance or whatever walks in and yells at him and the other guy's just watching the whole thing go down it's fucking amazing <laughs> it's like the greatest thing he's ever seen like he needs popcorn i'm like i would enjoy that so much if she came in and screamed at the person next to me and like all this crazy shit like but you're still married i don't care like, <laughs> I, I can't remember think, think about, about lay it all out in your head and it's a soap opera oh, absolutely. So a guy get guy falls he goes into a coma this woman's in love with him, but she doesn't actually know him. And now she falls in love with his brother, but she might still want to try to marry him. And his family loves him. And her family. But the ex-fiance just came back from Portugal. But she's married. Even though she got a and nose job. And he paid job. for her nose. Yeah. And yeah. her nose. Yeah. Just, the, the, well, what, you can have these back, too. That scene, once it hits, like, this is just... But it shows, again, you throw chemistry in there. Mm-hmm. And what is a absurd, absurd, mm-hmm. make fun of it, soap opera concept is tugging at my heartstrings yeah. <laughs> by the end when you when she said your quote at the end with the uh, um then it all happened while, while you were sleeping. sleeping i was like fuck yeah that's how you end a movie yeah it was Even a great it's so fucking cheesy. line I, it just it speaks it to works. how good this movie and is. i think this movie needs a renaissance because it is a heavy hitter in terms of rom-coms people know mm-hmm. it as a rom-com but it's fucking good great it's really good. It is. It only has a 6.7% on IMDb. And usually yeah, I don't I watch movies under like a 7. Because IMDb is notoriously tough on movies. So like 7 is a good score. Anything above a 7 is worthwhile. Like this should be above a 7. And an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like it should and have a, a 67% lot on Metacritic. Yeah, no, this should be like, rated a lot higher. It should be. It's really great. The acting is great. It's fun. One, it's one, Christmassy. One thing we don't ever talk about, because it's not really a trope of romantic comedies, because there's not always families in them. But when families are, there's like a very specific feel to the families, like mm-hmm. a slightly curmudgeon but sweet dad, yeah. a grandpa or an uncle that's kind of the words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. The aunt is usually a little goofy, maybe a drunk, you know, type of thing. <laughs> right. Um, and that in this hit, this, this is, is like, like if you're painting the archetype of a romantic comedy family this hits yeah. it like you want yeah. to hang out doris with this rapper should be part of this family it seems like she like was from, she the mom from everybody loves yeah yeah totally it's like except they're all so happy and supportive and that's the only thing the mom i couldn't tell you which one the mom likeable. was and which one the aunt was they they blended together too there are no aunts there's, there's no mom aunts? and grandma well that's what i'm okay then i just i, I wanted the mom to the be british one is the grandma okay and then the mom is married to Peter Boyle and they have the business, the furniture business. And then it's the two boys and then the much younger sister, Monica Keenan. And then Uncle Saul, who's the godfather slash neighbor, who's their good friend. The Jack Warden. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So good. I know. I think the fact that he was in on it and he was kind of advising her made it better. Because if she just was on her own, she probably would have admitted it. But he was keeping her going. That's it, true. It makes it even more believable that she would keep going. Because, yeah. you know, I think a lot of people might get influence. to a point where they're like, 
okay, this is enough. Yeah. And then you had to have somebody come in and be like, no, just keep right. going a little longer. It makes it less devious too. It takes True. some of like the fault uh, off right. of her head. Yes. It, makes, it, it allows you to like her and not That's just be very like, True. oh no, the, she's just being a crazy lady. Like yeah. was, she's doing what this trusted family friend and mm-hmm. she's trusting that he is looking out for everybody. Yeah, exactly. So, so that, that was, I, that was a really And at one point he's saying, oh, I'm going to tell everybody and then and he then does he it. And then he that was a good speech he gave him to about being a putz. Being a putz. He's like, at the You're end, take it from me. I'm a putz. Yeah. Take it from one putz to another. Yeah. That's fantastic. That was really good. I re- so then he comes in and he's like, I must love her. This must be how it goes. So, yeah. But if you go into a coma, I was thinking this, and you come out of a coma, you got to trust somebody. And if people yeah. are telling you, like... Everybody. You, yeah. This is your fiance. Exactly. I You... I would probably be like, okay, I must. I guess this is this has to be true. She why seems would, great. Yeah. And why? Who would make Jello? That up? Do I like Jello? Yeah. <laughs> Your mind moves someone. It's probably you. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's that was one that I. Well, and when he came out of the coma too. Okay, so what I thought when he came out of the coma, because again, I thought that this was forever young. God. Into it, I have not seen this. When he came out of the coma, I was like, okay, there's about probably forty-five minutes left. There's enough time in this movie, and he seemed nice. What I assumed was going to happen was he would come out of the coma and be an asshole, and that oh. would be that. But he was nice, and he was charming, and he actually seemed like he he had game. Yeah. I was wondering, is it going to come to, like, she really fully falls in love with him, and then uh, it really comes down to, like, a, a hard decision between the two brothers? Because mm-hmm. we have 45 mm-hmm. minutes left. That's enough time to make that happen. And they didn't really, they didn't, that didn't end up happening. But I, I, you know, that might've been a little too much for an hour and 45 minutes, but I could, when he came out of the coma and he was charming, that's not what I was expecting. Yeah. Like when he was sweet. Yeah. He's a nice guy. He seemed like post coma. He was a nice guy. The picture that he, that's painted of him like pre coma doesn't sound too awesome. I don't know. I don't think he was a bad guy. He was just he kind of egotistical. Yeah. Squirrels. It was when he was like 12. Well, I mean, but if you're hurting kids, how many serial killers do <laughs> okay. we learn about that? Bro, <laughs> Lots hurt of people animals? hurt animals who don't turn into serial killers. I mean, says you, podcasts would tell me differently. <laughs> Podcast told me. You also have to have the bedwetting and the pyromania. Exactly. Well, they didn't. That wasn't addressed. It's but a it trifecta. There. I thought it was somewhat implied. <laughs> He's just a putz. I read that when they first were pitching this movie, it was going to be a woman in a coma. Yeah. A man had saved. And they thought a it woman. was too predatory. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we talked a lot about how much be. that worked. Yeah. Um, and so, and they pitched, they were, they were trying to get Meg Ryan. They were like, Hey, and they were like, why would Meg Ryan do a movie where she's asleep the, the whole time? time? Yeah. So they switched it and they got a lot more traction that way. I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if it was switched, like they did with, um, Channing Tatum, what did they do recently? Oh, do you know what? If, uh, say that Meg Ryan did take the role uh-huh. and they changed it to a different city, they could call it sleeping in Seattle. with tom hanks tom hanks could pull off the not not predatory thing he could probably he could he could sorry go with your actual thing Uh, hugh grant's another one who can pull that off yeah i could see that yeah make it british and do like um emma thompson and hugh grant and who's the other sister emma thompson hugh grant and like Vanessa Redgraves or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
And then the fiance is like Elizabeth. Um, oh my gosh, Hugh Grant's ex. The hell is her name? Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah. 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 Oh wait, but you'd need a dude ex. Oh right. I don't know. What we need now, we have these Renaissance characters: Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, Hugh Grant, who are like rom-com legends Mm -hmm. we need new ones yeah and we don't have them really i would argue maybe um like mcconaughey and hudson but they're even from years ago yeah Yeah. we need something new now yes and i'm not sure like is it noah centineo from all the boys can he pull that off? He's you, not old enough yet. Like yeah. Tom Hanks didn't get into that until he was like 30. You, you know who I thought was really good and could kind of fill that fill that niche to some extent? But Randall Park, I thought was incredibly charming oh, yeah. and always be my maybe. He was, he was oh. very good. And, and he did have that kind of, uh, like you're talking about with a Tom Hanks or a Matthew McConaughey. And he may not be like... Uh, as over the top, I guess, handsome as a Matthew McConaughey, but he's like, I would call, he's like a Tom Hanks attractive, like a, seems like a, like a small town type guy, but he's non-threatening. And I thought he was great. Kumail, maybe. Kumail, Mm -hmm. Kumail's great. Yeah. I mean, is part of it, is part of it that you have to be below a certain level? Like, you can't be over the top. Attra- well, no, because Matthew McConaughey Well, even like, is. like Jason Ritter could pull that off. I was just looking him up the other day. Jo- John Ritter's son, Jason. Like, attractive guy. He may be a little too old. He's older than me, I think. Like, somebody in that... You're thinking someone Conventionally like- attractive. Mm. Doesn't have to be... You know, but has like a non-threatening okay. kind of nature to them. And he's he's older, but what about? I mean, he is older, so it wouldn't really count. But like, I could see Hugh Jackman doing very well in one of these. He's uh, got yeah. he's got timing, and you know oh, yeah. you know who is too attractive to pull this off. But I I he has such comedic timing, and I would love to see John Ham. I would love to see John Ham. <laughs> I think John Ham could do it. John fucking Ham. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is also too Definitely. old to be what we're talking about. But yeah. you're right. I guess you don't see. Yeah. I mean, maybe with like net because Netflix is like there was that chunk of time where they didn't make rom coms really, and now mm-hmm. Netflix is really like bringing Crushing them back. It. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll. Oh my see gosh, Carrie Elbaz is in this new one. I saw that. We, did you watch it? No, I didn't. I mean, we I saw that he was it. in it. Yeah. I love those actors. Who's the Wyans brother who was in the Marlon romantic comedy with Marlon? I think he could be. Yeah, he could. He was for good. Sure, yeah. But, but he's older than us he's too, old. Yeah, yeah. We're, we keep naming people that are like they're 40. We just, I don't know people How, in their 20s. That much I mean, he looks good. He's like 40. I just okay. don't know anyone in their like 20s and 30s. And I don't want to know anyone in their 20s, really. <laughs> I know a couple people in their 20s. They're perfectly nice. They're the guy fine. from the, mm, no. Guy from that thing. I was going to say the guy from the Kissing Booth movies. Adam Devine. I was thinking that too. <laughs> when I... I heard kissing booth, not the word movie. And I was just like, I hope Laura's obsessed with a guy. There's like this a kissing fair. booth I go to <laughs> with this guy. I tell you what we need is we need somebody. to be discovered. They give you little tiny kisses. $5 for kisses. <laughs> he just stays on the corner. 
He did very well during charity newsies yesterday. Steve was very creeped out by him at first, and then I bought him a kiss, and now he can't stop going back either. <laughs> it's just so comforting. Um, it's just Thursdays and Saturdays from three to five. Um, <laughs> no, I was going to say, we need like a David Fincher. These are the two people who I think can help us out. David Fincher or um, Tina Fey and Robert Carlock, both will cast people that you do not expect. Mm -hmm. David Fincher casts people you think of as funny in more dramatic roles. And Mm -hmm. you're like, oh shit, they can pull that off. Mm -hmm. And Liz Lemon, why am I saying Liz Lemon? (laughs) Tina Fey and Robert Carlock, I was, Robert Carlock cast people you think of as serious in comedic roles. And you're like, shit, they're really funny. And I feel like we need that with a younger generation to see like what they can do. Like when John Hamm was on 30 Rock as like the stupid handsome guy who oh like lost God. both, his, both hands his hands and has hooks. In, a late, in one of the later seasons, she goes back to him and he just has both hooks. Yeah. And he's like, I just keep destroying all my art. And, like, it's, and he thinks he can speak French. Oh my god! And David Fincher does that too, but he like had Neil Patrick Harris play that super creepy guy in Gone Girl, and certain things were like, oh shit, like they're really good, and we need that kind of crossoverness to like see what somebody can do. Like we need someone to take a chance on a rom com. Yeah, they're not just Hallmark movies. Hallmark movies are one thing. Yeah, you need like a really good. Rom-com. Well, because yeah. for the, like we said, for a while, these like romantic comedies were stepping stones to being mm-hmm. like a big time Hollywood, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We need another Nora Ephron to come in and Definitely. find the the levity and the serious and the seriousness in the romance. In the nice kitchens. No, that's um, Nancy. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that it? That's an NPR reporter. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see that's who you're talking about. No. <laughs> what the Nancy Myers. Oh Lord. Could have been Updike. <laughs> Could have been. But I don't think Could've she writes rom coms. She might in her time. You Maybe know, that should be us. Maybe moments. we need to be them. I mean we we did it one we did start like now. outlining we did start outlining uh the fountain point. Yeah. The fountain point one. I still that's with not the guy, a serious with one. The that's more of like a down. summer camp thing. And leaning down, looking over at the Something. Oh, when he did it. You had a story when he did the head handstand because yeah. she thought he was saying handstand. Mm-hmm. One oh. of the f- one of the f- uh, fun facts that I found was Ooh. that this was shot in the fall in Chicago because the movie had such a low budget they couldn't afford New York City. Ah. And they were told over and over, oh, don't worry, fall in Chicago is really cold. Yeah. It was unseasonably warm that year. Oh. They had to bring in all the snow. Oh, my no. gosh. And the ice they slip on is acrylic. Shut so up. it's not real. Yeah. Wow. It was only cold the last two weeks of the filming of this movie. So they were sweating their butts off wearing yes. like the heavy jacket. And, and if things. you look in some of the movie scenes, you can see the leaves still, the fall leaves still on the trees no. because they had not fallen off yet because it hadn't been cold enough. I would argue that that's accurate, though. Look outside. Mm-hmm. There are leaves still on the trees. Winter yeah. is after Christmas. <laughs> Christmas is still in the fucking fall, basically. Like... That's something that annoys me is like once Thanksgiving is over, it's not just suddenly winter. It's still a fucking month long until winter comes. 
I never thought there about that, leaves. but I guess you're right. It's funny yeah. that you say that because as I was watching this movie, I couldn't help but think it does look chilly there. And so it, in fact, it did not. <laughs> they did a good job. It was the, uh, yeah, they Apparently be... they were wearing those winter clo- coats in 70 degree weather. That sounds terrible. Yeah. That sounds absolutely terrible. <laughs> what, man? When she shows up with her entire fam, or when he shows up with his entire family to propose at her job, like, I don't know. That's great for a romantic comedy, but it did make me go for a second. Like, I don't know that this is the best strategy what? to use. It was perfect. With your whole family? That was like one of the funniest up. comedic moments of the whole yeah. movie. No, I'm saying I liked it, but it was, I just sat there going. Don't get bogged down in the reality of it. <laughs> it's funny and hilarious. Fine, Sarah. Well, one of the notes I made is that this is a love story between Jack and... Oh my gosh, Sandra Bullock's character already Lucy, but also with the entire family. She falls in love That's with a good point. she says at the wedding, I fell in love with you, all of you. So she not only fell in love with Bill Pullman's character, but with the entire family. So for the entire family right, to show up at the proposal right, fine. sort of just flows with what she was saying, You're I guess. Right. I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, did I want my husband's entire family at my proposal? No, not no. really. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you know, the circumstances of the movie, it made sense. It was cute. It was fun. <laughs> Just he drops that ring in. Oh. I love it. Okay, that it, and then she goes. And like I said, I really do not like when people get proposed to at the end of rom coms. I mean, what I liked as well is Bill Pullman at one point says how like how long they've been dating or whatever. You know, oh what you've been dating like six months or something. Isn't that kind of fast to get engaged? Mm, and then, yeah. So we're to believe, he does say that. So then we're to believe that. They, there was like a week or so long, 10 days. And then is there a gap in between that happening and Bill Pullman proposing? Or did they literally we don't know, know. For 10 You days? don't know, okay. but I think it's like a few days. Yeah, I took it to be a few days, but I thought the same thing. You don't yeah. actually know because mm-hmm. she does say it's her last day at the um, at her job. So mm-hmm. maybe she's put in a two weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if you have to put in a two weeks at a place like that. But, I don't trust yeah. myself enough to like make a small to somewhat major purchase with like a week of thinking about it. <laughs> I could not go to like that extreme. You probably got it week. at one of the estate sales. <laughs> oh, true. That thing. Oh my God. What if it's like money laundering? Like he just has to put oh. it in jewelry and hide it places. Hmm. I also appreciated that she liked what he had made totally unprompted. Yes. And they got into the truck and she's like, that is beautiful. And then she, because she's a really good actress, she just keeps staring at it and going, God, I really love that. And you totally believe it. And I think Mm -hmm. that's when he really started falling in love with her is when she recognized what he was doing. She validated his work and showed, you know, genuine interest. Well, there is something to when you like create something and you're really proud of it but you're not braggadocious but but someone notices independent of you know like no go you're not begging for it no exactly it's just that they genuinely appreciate Mm -hmm. like whether they know what went into just there's something like incredibly alluring about that so i can see it also she liked a rocking chair 
Mm-hmm. And having a, I, I do some woodworking and I have some friends that are very good woodworkers. Like I screw around. They do woodworking. That is apparently one of the hardest things to make well. Oh, is really? Because really? like to get not only all the weird angles right of like the doubt things going in, mm-hmm. but to make all the spindles um, where they, they like look nice and they're ornate, but they're skinny and they're skinny enough to look nice, but that they but can actually solid, support weight yeah. and all of that. And that you don't have like any weird cracks that develop in them. I have one friend who he's now passed, but he was a very good woodworker. He's like, I tried making a rocking chair twice and I quit both times because I couldn't get it right. Wow. The legs kept breaking when he would like go to sit in it. Huh. So he told me if there's one thing to buy, make it a rocking chair. Don't wow. don't waste your money trying to make it. So there you go. Hmm. The cool. fact you made a good rocking chair. Good to know. Yeah. Huh. Huh. My grandma had a huge rocking chair. She would sit in every Christmas and it's like, it seems like a Christmas chair. Like it's like big, like kind of a reddish tan leather with this very thick molding on the outside and then these very big rockers that are like four inches wide. And that's where Santa always sat when he came because Santa (laughs) came to our house at Christmas Eve because there were like 25 cousins and it turned out it was one of my uncles, but (laughs) that was fucking cool. So I think that rocking chair is in my parents' house. I guess steal it. Well, that's pretty cool. I did like, and, and we touched on this a little bit already, so I did like that, like Sarah said, he falls in love with her. She shows a genuine interest in what he does. But I also like that you get to see the progression of them. I mean, they are having conversations and falling in love throughout the right. you know, that week that they're kind of together. I feel like that you miss that in, in some other movies that mm-hmm. don't really come together as well. You're, you there are times where I watch a movie that's a rom-com and I'm like, what's going why on? Why do they, when did they even start liking each other? Yeah. Why do they like each they other? They do a good job of they do, Yes. That. They do a really good job of showing you how they're mm. falling in love, when they're falling well, in love. And it changes from him trying to have a gotcha moment to him yes. starting to like her. He does. He does try to have and a gotcha moment. And that's why Bill Pullman is so important to that because he's literally trying to figure out if she's a liar, which that could come off as really creepy and like ooh with another actor but it's bill pullman yeah he can do it so you're saying he bill pullman's it off yes <laughs> he does <laughs> I, I forgot that he was trying to expose her as a fraud for a while yeah like why don't we know anything about her and my brother doesn't have a cat and then the cat comes walking <laughs> out and I did like to the truck. This is a really efficient script. Oh, it's like absolutely. Every, there's nothing that it, it definitely like there's everything is what they Turtle call it. Like, Turtle tab check does off, an F around. Chekhov's gun. Like if, mm-hmm. it, if they say it, it pays off. Like when she says like, why are you parking so close to that guy? Like you can't and get out. And then he gets stuck. And they get stuck. And mm-hmm. then that makes them have to walk together and does yeah. what you're saying where then they get to know Develops each other. It. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just a highly efficient script. Yeah. It really everything is. Everything is there. It's an hour. It's like a Hemingway short story. It's an, but it's yes. an hour and forty five. It doesn't feel long, and everything has all. a purpose in it. Like it's it's it, there's no point where you're like, why is this here? Yeah, everything has a purpose. Very true. Which again, some rom com. And the subplots are great too between her and Joe Junior. and his fiance. Holy shit, they Joe add Jr. Tension. Him yeah, walking down the stairs at the one girl's like, oh, yeah, the girl that lives there is the most beautiful girl in the building. Except <laughs> for me, right? Oh, yeah, you're the most beautiful girl on the third floor. Oh, yeah. She's <laughs> like swims. Yeah. Fantastic. That's great. So I was listening to a podcast about um, 
uh, like the Rat Pack recently. Oh, and yeah. I didn't realize that through like the 30s and 40s and 50s, like Italians were so incredibly looked down upon. Oh, yeah. Well, they were talking about Dean Martin got like plastic surgery and changed his name and all of that stuff to Didn't look he he had, like, yeah, yeah. like I think his nose oh. and to look less Italian. But it just it it just blew my mind. And then this guy comes out like Italianing up the screen a few hours yeah. after I heard this. It was just like you're doing a caricature. Yeah, what Italians is... were considered not white. No, I, and that, I didn't know that because yeah. the podcast is talking about Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin mm-hmm. paralleling some of the things they went through and just yeah. yeah. But again, when this guy comes on like a couple hours after I listen to that like extra Italianing it mm-hmm. up. <laughs> My grandpa is 100% Sicilian and my grandma was 100% German and they, she was 20 when they met and wanted to get married. And in Ohio at that time, she got, they got married in 46, you had to be 21 or you had to get parental permission. And she asked her parents and they said no. So they had to wait till she turned 21. Wow. And then um, my great grandma, my grandma's mom had all these dying spells where she was sure she was going to die and it's been told to me it was written in the stars and all this and so they were going to get married on saturday the 27th of june i can't remember when it was it was a saturday and she had had a dream that she was going to die so they moved the wedding up to thursday because she was convinced she was going to die she lived another 35 years (laughs) Oh my gosh, get out. When you said dying spells. That's so yeah. extra. She's yeah, ridiculous. That is like the most extra yeah. thing. What You're going to need to move the wedding up because I won't be. No, she's that. a tiny little Italian okay. woman. I can't not do Jewish. Well, I can't do a she's tiny. I can't do a tiny. Okay. Hey, you're going to have to move the wedding up. That's the best I can do for you. All right. <laughs> you know when you said dying spell? You have so many turns of phrase I don't know. I was oh. like, dying spell, sure. Like, this is going to be a thing that I can use now. Like, no, you just meant literally yeah. she thought she was going to die. Yeah, she's having a dying spell. And um, so they got married two days early. Jesus. And they, she had eight kids. My grandpa was the oldest boy. And so his name was Ignatius. But his dad, her husband, was always constantly running out on her and leaving her. And he would come back like every two years and she would get pregnant and then run away again. He was a musician and he like was never, ever home. And um, the younger brother, one of like the third or fourth brother was 12. He came back and Tony grabbed the shotgun and said, if you ever come back here, you'll see the rough end of this. And he never came back after that. And that stopped it at eight kids. <laughs> Just eight That's kids. a true story. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My grandpa and Frank, the other brother were standing behind him, like supporting him. And he had this 12 year old <laughs> shotgun <laughs> on his own father and uh, Mamie, they all called her Mamie Garlabendi. Mamie Garlabendi uh, never could like deal with the eight kids, and basically, like the older three raised them all, and had a lot of issues with resenting her for that because she was constantly feeling that she was going to die, which is so fun when you have eight children who are trying to live and your dad is like somewhere off doing whatever, and your mom is dying, having dying spells. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. They're pretty weird. Pretty weird group. <laughs> Big surprise. <laughs> so should we go through the tropes? Yeah, we need to cut some of that out. That's not important. All right, so let's go through some of the tropes here, Sarah. Okay. 
Opa. Catholics are weird. Nope, that's Greek. <laughs> and Italians are weird. It's so are Germans. One that they said, remember in this, they did say like, oh, I thought you had to be Catholic to be a godfather. He's mm-hmm. like, hey, they made some adjustments. Again, I'm, I'm locked into Italian right now. It's either old Jewish lady or Italian guy. That's all Brooklyn is what you have. I can try a Jamaican, I guess. No, but don't I, do that. <laughs> um, the meet cute between her and Peter is when he's getting on the trains. And I thought they did that well. Like they slow him down and he looks back at her in the ticket booth and she's like sighing and watching him. Oh, I did like as well. She he was like, I have a Merry Christmas. And she was like beating herself up for what she said back mm-hmm. to him. She said nothing. And then yeah, she's, she's like, like oh, oh. <laughs> and then like fails at it. The meet key between she and Jack, she's asleep on their family's living room sofa and he comes in. He's While like, oh, she was sleeping. Yeah, pretending to. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, is that her? She's like, yeah, that's her. And she's Angel. clearly still awake, but turned away from them. And he's looking back at her like, hmm, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Um, so not like, I don't know. The, the Peter Gallagher one was the more traditional meet cute. Because mm-hmm. that's who she's supposed to be in love with. Yeah. So we do have meet cutes, so we check that box. The reason they can't be together slash conflict, he's in a coma, <laughs> slash be, doesn't know her. And because she's engaged to the guy in a coma, kind of. And yeah, really. and Jack's brother is in a coma. I don't, I didn't know any soundtrack. I mean, there were a few Christmas songs. Uh, the very was, first song. Again, yeah. it made it feel like an eHarmony commercial. Yes. This will be <laughs> everlasting love. I actually be. love that song. Oh, it's a great song. Yeah. <laughs> it was, but I cannot hear it now without, <laughs> without thinking an eHarmony commercial. But they did. You're right. That, that was, was a good pick on eHarmony's part. So you <laughs> Old people know what they're doing, huh? <laughs> I'll I mean, tell you what, Laura. The soundtrack of Christmas for me... Is the Vince Guaraldi trio. Oh, definitely. You were like, this is the best thing ever. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. And we just <laughs> like really listen is. to it all the time. It's like the best thing to put on in the background. It's great for parties. Still my favorite. Jazzy as F. So Jazzy fun. as F. Oh, so good. So good. It's even <laughs> in the um, Royal Tannenbaum soundtrack. You're right. Mm-hmm. Christmas time is here. Anyway, montage. I don't think there is one. Not that I can think of. Down as one. Mm -mm. No. There's a. I mean, only slightly when they're walking through Chicago. It kind of like flashes scene to scene, but I don't. It's not a true montage. I don't feel like. Yeah, it's not like a time passing montage. They only knew each other seven to ten days. I guess they could really speed (laughs) through all that month. Right. (laughs) They had to melt those seven to ten days for all they could. Mm -hmm. How lucky is she that she got a nice, warm family and not like the the next door neighbors from um, Christmas Vacation, who are like total a holes and like. Super fancy because it seems like that's what you would get with him yeah. being yeah. so fancy, or like or like Ian's parents, Ian Miller's parents yeah. from like Big Fat Greek Wedding, who are like very waspy. Uh huh. Like she got like a loving, happy family, which I think just solidifies why she wanted to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. It's like they're so welcoming, they're so nice. Yeah. Like not only is he the ideal guy Did we on paper, him? but he has this ideal family. Why is Bill Pullman single? Did we establish that? Because he's great. He's great. 
At one point, they just say at the dinner table, hey, Lucy, can you find a nice gal for... Just isn't the right woman. Yeah, they they never said Peter Gallagher's supposed to be about 35 in this, and Bill Pullman's his younger brother. Okay. So, I don't know. Okay, so it's okay for someone to be that age and not... He's just, like, doing his stuff. I'm just asking for a friend. Like, it's totally Mm -hmm. okay for someone to be, like, 37 and not... Well, he's younger than 35. I know, but I'm asking for a friend. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, it is. Seven, no. <laughs> Fuck you. That's terrible. <laughs> what, what is your friend doing? <laughs> Nothing right. Okay. What's next, Sarah? Uh, <laughs> uh, sassy side friend. So she has a few. Her boss, her boss, and, sure. and her coworker, he and, yeah. and her coworker, and are both kind of the sassy side friends. But her real like consigliere is Uncle Saul. The Godfather. Yeah. He's the one who's guiding her through all of this. And then you realize he's just as like untrustworthy as anyone else when yeah. he tells her he takes care of it and that he walks away. <laughs> You're like, oh no. He can't be trusted. <laughs> Is there a back to reality speech? I mean, he gives he Who's he? He tries to cover his ass. Um Song? Yeah, he tries to cover his ass at one point by giving him that putt speech. Yeah, but in a way, that's a that's good... a speech to him. Yeah, that's definitely a back to reality yeah. speech because that causes him to like fully embrace Lucy. Yeah, and also just in general, like you know, like come on, step back. Like if everybody yeah. loves something, are you maybe the one seeing a thing wrong? Like mm-hmm. kind of a different yeah. way of putting it. Like if everybody's an asshole around you, maybe you're the asshole. Yeah, but that one. But does she? I don't know that she really gets one from anybody. She's kind of just her boss rolling his eyes. Yeah, but other than that, she's kind of on the straight and narrow the whole you know like she yeah mm-hmm. there's no, she's not coming back to like him or anything like that you know she's not realizing a thing and going to him it's the other way around that's true yeah which is not usually what we although see although she does episodes. eventually during the wedding she finally well, yeah. calls it out and it's like I can't do this yeah she is mm-hmm. you're right she kind of is her own her own true north the whole time. Because mm. mm-hmm. even her boss, Jerry, is like, I wrote this down because I was like, this is not true. <laughs> <laughs> he says, you're born into a family. You do not join them like the Marines. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, that's not fair. That's not true You know, that's not true at all. Absolutely so not. she gets a lot of bad advice from everyone throughout the movie. <laughs> and she's her own. Yeah, like her gut instinct is actually the best of all yeah. throughout the whole movie. So. It's true. Do thine own self be true? Jobs of the protagonists. I mean, she's a ticket taker, which is central to it, but not necessarily a trope. True, very much not. This is also kind of a class story, and you don't get that a lot in rom-coms. Yeah. You get people of the same class. Usually a class story clash like that ends up as a tragedy. It's like West Side Story, Romeo and Juliet, that kind of stuff. You can never be together. But this, yeah. But he also wants to be to a. Work. He also wants to be like a woodworker and be more of a, like mm. she ends up with Bill Pullman in the end. I mean, that's not like I don't. Did they say what the other guy actually did? He's a lawyer. He's a lawyer. Oh, yeah. okay. In Chicago, speaking of location, apparently it was going to be New York. But I like Chicago for I that. I love this. Yeah, in Chicago. this is better in Chicago. It fits. Yeah. yeah, it really does. It's a story that. It's a Midwestern story. It, it is. absolutely is. Yeah, you don't like get a family like that in New York City. Yeah, they got to be much stranger and, well, you know, like yeah. more like Moonstruck in New York. Is this Midwestern Moonstruck? Kind of. It kind of is. Yeah, because it's one 
switching brothers. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is Midwestern Moonstruck. Fantastic. Tramps and thieves. (laughs) These are the people that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Cher's not here. Well, that's going to be fun. You'll have to put that in the little write up that this is just, is this Midwestern Midwestern Moonstruck? That sounds like a cocktail I would order. It's got Bud Light in it. It's got (laughs) Bud Light in it. (laughs) And an ice cube. <laughs> One ice cube. <laughs> One ice cube. Bud Light. That's it. It's Bud. It's Bud. <laughs> big red cola. <laughs> That's it. Well, now you want the cigarette when you're done with it, or you want it like before? We offer it both ways. It's just Marlboro Lights. That's it. <laughs> they just slide you a pack of reds. No, the glass is lined with ash. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, line. Does that make it taste better? Like, absolutely not. But that's what we do. Does not. No, no, no. Oh, no, it doesn't make it taste better at all. (laughs) How are you? There's a lot of levity in this movie. Oh, absolutely. It is. You can't watch light this movie and not smile. Yeah. yeah. It's still got some dark material. It does. And it is just light as heck. It's <laughs> great. It never, you never feel bogged down by it. There's always hope. Yeah. There's always a hope to it, you know? And she's always just so sweet. When Even when she's given that kind of speech at his bedside where she's like talking about kind of she's in a dark space, mm-hmm. sort of. Like, even then, there's like an element of hope to the fact that she's like out doing a thing she's yeah. next to the bed like she's downtrodden but like it, there's not a despair there i guess she's down know? but not out yeah yeah i like that i do too uh there's a real theme in this movie the theme of falling there's a lot of falls i don't know if you noticed in the intro scene there's a paper boy and he falls down and that was not planned, and he actually broke his wrist. Really? <laughs> and they kept it in. They were like, this is pretty hilarious. <laughs> um, and Emma saw it right away and was laughing. And they're, I mean, she and he have that whole thing where they're falling, nice. going, yeah, or on the, the fake ice. ice. Mm-hmm. The fake ice. An ice skater falls during the opening titles. The Christmas tree falls out the window. Peter falls on the tracks. Um, Jack faints and falls after giving blood. Remember, they give blood. Yes, right. A nurse faints and falls to the floor. Uh, The fiance Ashley slips and falls after getting off the elevator. Almost falls. There's like a whole thing. Wow. And I don't know if it's because the theme of like, like he literally falls and goes into a coma. (laughs) Like they fall in love. But it's like the movie could be called while you were falling like it's very like <laughs> fall heavy and it works wow yeah like it yeah. Yeah. well then, then i, I guess, guess then physical as... comedy out the wazoo it does true yeah. lots of physical comedy but is that most everything or uh sub genre i guess would be christmas christmas will be the time for rom um <laughs> It's also kind of like a deceit. It's a deceit. It's yeah, a deceit absolutely. movie for sure. Yeah. Um, my friend Matt used to work with a road crew in the Chicago, um, like cl- like they fix roads in Chicago. And um, he said there was this group of really old Chicago guys with these real thick accents, these Chicago accents. 
And the one guy would always turn to him. He's like 21, like in college in the summertime as a job. It's like, you see that pothole? Yeah. You know who's paying for that, don't you? The taxpayers, that's who. <laughs> Is that your Chicago accent? That's not Chicago accent. <laughs> so that's Wisconsin. The taxpayers, that's who. Oh, yeah, that's the taxpayers. It's not the taxpayers. No it's the taxpayers, that's who. Okay. You're better yes. at accents. I get it. I'm just Chicago. <laughs> it's just Chicago. <laughs> Wisconsin is more sing song, yeah. It's up here. Yeah. Okay. Eh? Taxpayers is Chicago. Don't. Yeah. Keep the change. I want you to never talk in your other <laughs> voice again. I wish this was like an Elizabeth Holmes moment. Oh, God. Oh, to I can do Elizabeth Holmes like, too. Yeah. I think we all should have talked like Elizabeth Holmes. I thought I things. was in love with Sonny, but it turns out. <laughs> He was manipulating me the entire time. Peter once asked me when I fell in love with Jack, and I told him it was while you were sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) And then I took your blood and created this multi-million dollar company to solve the world's health problems. No, I don't drink anymore. I also don't drink any less. I guess it's less funny when a guy does Elizabeth Holmes. It works for a woman for sure. (laughs) Oh my god, just doing casual Elizabeth Holmes. Excuse me. Could you bring another basket of rolls when you get time? No, you're acting like you are a robot. (laughs) It isn't a robot. (laughs) All right, fine, Sarah. Order rolls as Elizabeth Holmes. Show me how it's done. Uh. I would like some more rolls here, please. God damn it. That is a good Elizabeth Holmes. (laughs) (laughs) So we've gone through our tropes. And so then as we ask every time, like Sarah, scale of one to 10, 10 being like the perfect romantic comedy. Would you, would you show this to an alien? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. What's your number? You got to put a number on it? probably a 10. I mean, it's not it's anything a hard else. ten for me. Yeah, I, mean, I got to go ten too. There's nothing else yeah. that it could be. Yeah, it's a perfect encapsulation of what a rom com is. Yes, it has the farce, it has the silliness, it even has the family, and it has Christmas, mm-hmm. which, like it or not, is very much a real thing about rom coms. Like thirty to forty percent of them seem to revolve around Christmas in some way. And you know, much like love, you lose yourself in this movie. Again, yeah. hour 45 and it's it perfect. never feels like it. Yeah. Yeah. You want more at the end. You're just so happy for them at the end. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you at 10. This it is actually 10. even felt short to me. Yeah, Honestly. it was fast. Yeah. yeah. It was great. Because you're right. Every every moment is, there's a purpose every moment in that movie. I mean, it could be my new favorite, honestly. Wow. Because yeah. not only is it, I think, un, un uh, what's the word? Believable. Not only is it underappreciated, but it's really fucking solid acting. Mm-hmm. And uh, under the radar is what I'm saying. Under the radar, Un- yeah. yeah. Like people need to recognize what a fucking great movie it is. Solid all the way around. For sure. Solid in story writing, solid in characters, solid in themes, solid, solid, solid. Well, good. I do want to show you guys, and this is a visual thing for you, but it'll be funny. I don't know how I did this, but uh, somehow this gif ended up on the top of my notes. <laughs> what? That's so funny. I don't know how, and I don't know why, and I don't know how to get rid of it. It is um, Bill Hader. It's Bill Hader eating popcorn as um, 
Keith Morrison. As Keith Morrison. So that's at the top of my notes, and I don't know how to get rid of it. So that's so funny. As I've been going through my notes, You're I've like, been looking yes. at that the whole time. And what about our intro and outro music, Sarah? Uh, Love is the name of the song off the album The Keys to Cat Heaven from the band This Is My Suitcase. Yeah, so check check them out. Joe's always got some interesting stuff coming out. And, yes, so. that is correct. And I'm going to find this thing. And I'll, yeah, as Sarah's trying to find a thing, um, I do want to let you guys know I did just look up Out of Curiosity Forever Young. Forever <laughs> Young. It's just about the same length. It has pretty much the exact same ratings as well. So I'm just saying, was I really that far off thinking it was Forever Young? Oh, also, Killer Cast Elijah Wood and apparently J.J. Abrams was attached to it. Oh. Beard. Oh, the baby. I can't find it. But again, we didn't watch that movie. <laughs> we watched while you were sleeping. Well, well, I had fun, Sarah. It's that time again. It's time to wish you all a Merry Christmas and wish Laura... A time of hopefully coming back to us and we haven't embarrassed her too far. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Laura. Anytime. Too much. I was young and impressionable.